soneto del accidente, 1925. El carro o la carreta, la zona rosa o el colegio, Alejandro y yo. Su mano en mi rodilla, mis ojos en sus labios, mi mano en su mejilla, mi futuro en su beso. Y de repente, choqué, choqué, ya no nos besamos. Siento mis huesos colapsando, lesionados, ensangrentados, saliendo de mi espalda y abdomen. Imagíname cómo era antes, Alejandro, amor, cuando estaba yo completa, cuando me besabas en el autobús o me abrazabas en la carretilla. ¿Recuerdas tu mano en mi rodilla? Hoy mi esperanza de ser tu esposa se ha borrado en un maldito segundo. Choqué, choqué, ya me mató. You just heard poet Elizabeth Horan reading the Spanish version of Crash Sonnet, the first piece from her new book, Self-Portrait, out this week from Cephalo Press in the UK. You might recall I spoke with Elizabeth back in May and had discussed this project briefly. She graciously agreed to return to talk about this unique book. Stay tuned to hear Elizabeth read the English version of this poem at the close of the podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 2nd, 2019. This is Poet Kind Podcast, and I'm your host, Susan Mulder. Thank you for joining me today for Season 3, Episode 5. Today I'll be sharing an interview with you from Elizabeth Horan and Jorge Montero Calderon. Jorge served as a translator taking Elizabeth's poetry and transforming it into Spanish. They both joined me to discuss Self-Portrait, Elizabeth's most recent release. I was intrigued by this project when she shared a little about it during an earlier conversation. Self-Portrait is an homage to Frida Kahlo, a Mexican painter. Her works navigate the emotional landscape of her tumultuous life from a debilitating accident that left her with a permanent limp, constant pain, and led to eventually her inability to carry children. Kahlo was also known for her volatile but long relationship with fellow painter Diego Rivera. Her paintings are vibrant and can challenge the viewer with both content and the intensity of her gaze, as the majority of her work is a form of literal and allegorical self-portrait. Horan has created a conversation with the artist using poetry as a conduit and a sometimes uncanny parallel of experiences to create this bilingual collection that can be just as challenging to read as Kahlo's work is to view. Help me welcome Elizabeth and Jorge. Hi, Elizabeth. You've been here before, and I'm so excited to have you back. And she's brought a guest along today. His name is Jorge Montero Calderon. And we're going to be talking about Elizabeth's newest and um, biggest project, and we'll get started on that pretty quickly here. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Susan. It's so wonderful to be back and get to do this again with you and talk about books and poems and 
all that good stuff. And I'm so happy Jorge is here. Yeah, <laughs> this is exciting. exciting. Yeah. Jorge. yeah, it is. It's so special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I, I feel so grateful, grateful for being here. Thank you so much, well, Elisa and Susan. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, Jorge, tell me where you're from. I am from Costa Rica. I was born in the province of uh, Heredia. Okay. So we have, we have, um, uh, we're all spread out today, but by the magic of technology, we can sit together and enjoy each other's. I love it. Yes. Cool. So, um, Ellie, I'd like you to start and just introduce the project and talk a little bit about it, where it came from, that sort of set it up and let's get the conversation going. Sure. So this book, it's called Self-Portrait. This is a book about Frida Kahlo, of course. Um, and it's really about her life and her art and her journey through everything she ever, she went through from, from the accident, which, um, you know, left her disabled and in severe pain the rest of her life through to her death. And um, I always have considered Frida to be a heroine of mine. I, I first knew about her art in college. And when I did my MFA, I wrote some ecstatic work about a few of her poems. And I just felt kind of this bond with her. Like when I would see her art, I don't know if you have an artist like this, but I would see a piece of her art and I just got it like immediately. Nothing, nothing bothered me about it. It just, everything about it felt right. It felt like this like hug <laughs> of, of a kindred artist, I guess. And I knew when I finished my MFA that I wanted to go back and try to do a project for her. Um, and then so last summer, um, I was, what was I doing? I was done with my MFA. I had a difficult year in 2018. I had some, some difficult tragedies happen. I had a really terrible fall off my horse and I broke my back in two places and, and I was in bed for some months healing. And then shortly after that, I got pregnant, um, which was a, a huge blessing for me. And I, I wanted this third baby so badly in a way that it's hard to explain. I mean, I know you can, you know, women, we can feel that like it just, I wanted to be a mother one more time. I had such a difficult experience with the babyhood of my second baby, which had led to the severe postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. um, no fault of his, of course, but, you know, he was a baby that didn't sleep or eat, and he cried for some years, and I got really ill. Um, so the idea of this third baby when I was 43 felt like such a miracle to me, um, and I was so happy, and then I lost the baby, mm -hmm. and I, I was just, frankly, so devastated, um, and it was a source of conflict between my husband and I. It hurt in so many ways. I couldn't, I didn't know how to cope with it. And I found myself turning to read that in bed and depressed and having panic attacks. And um, I started writing a few poems about her, um, her art, about her miscarriages and abortions. And if you know her work at all, she has some real duties, you know. Yeah, There's a poem in my collection work. called, yeah, very intense and very in your face, like this, look at my pain. And one of the poems I was going to say is called, look at my face coming out of my vagina, because that was the painting. That's what yeah. happens in the painting. Yeah. 
Right. And so um, that's one. And that's, so anyway, she helped me heal. She's always helped me heal because I think about, okay, well, she, she kept working after breaking so many bones in her body. She um, never got to be a mom and yet kept creating. And so this, this, this was this year-long project of just it's a tribute to her, it really is, and, and me kind of as her her apprentice maybe, okay. following alongside okay. and, and uh, learning from her strength. Yeah. Now, how did you one. meet Jorge, and how did he become involved in the project? <laughs> Jorge, do you want to answer that? Okay, good. <laughs> First of all, I, I want to thank you both again for being here with you. Um, I'm a translator and also I write poetry and I'm a language uh, teacher. So because of that, I, I work with so many people in the internet and that's the way I met Elisa one day. We mm. Mm, like sent a, a, a friend request and then we start talking about this wonderful book that she was doing. And because I know all about Frida Kahlo, because we are like neighbors uh, with the Mexican um, people, mm -hmm. I know all about Frida. So I began uh, interested in his work. And when I first read, read it, the first poems, I just uh, love them because they are very touching and spoken in the, in the first person, which mm -hmm. is what I love most. It's like saying, I was here. I know yes. what I write. This mm -hmm. is not just to, to fill a blank. No, I was there. Yes. I was there. I know all about it. So I loved it. That's the way we met. Yeah. I should add, though, about the way we met. Like, I remember saying, like, hi, I'm Ellie, you know, and I speak Spanish, and hello. And we, we chatted some. And um, I was in a period then when we met when I was sad. I was really struggling with a lot of guilt and depression and um shame. I was working on my book called Alcoholic Betty, which was a very, very mm -hmm. hard book to write about my struggle with 20 years of alcoholism and addiction. And um, Jorge has not just been my translator, but really helped save my life um, by helping me get over some of that guilt. Mm -hmm. And he would say to me, like, Elisa, you're not an alcoholic. You're a very strong person who had a lot of pain and you coped with it the best you, you could, you know, but you have to forgive yourself. And um, he kind of, so anyway, yeah, yeah that was a, a, a very big part of the way our relationship started and trust that we've um, found. And I think Jorge's ability to translate these poems, I, I really don't think, I don't know if anyone else could do this because he is so close to Frida and he knew um, Frida's friend, La Chavela, right, Jorge? Like he has yeah, connections. Chavela with Vargas. Him. 
Gabriela Marca. She is, yeah, go ahead. She is from she's she's from our province, Heredia. She was born in San Joaquin de Flores. San Joaquin de Flores is the name. She was born in there and she was very close to my family, obviously before she left. Uh, because we are we were from there. I'm not living there anymore, even though I was born in Heredia. Okay. Another thing that I want to say, Elisa, thank you so much. The point is, <laughs> as you know, I I don't like to talk about myself so much, but uh, I know I, I I love to kill egos. <laughs> so <laughs> so so the point is, uh, of course, you are a wonderful person, a wonderful writer, and and then I am so glad because you you have this opportunity. I repeat, when I when I read your first poems, I knew you were very touching and so smart, even even funny in times, uh, <laughs> a lot of feelings. So yeah. I decided to work with you because yes, you are so great and uh, you deserve respect, like all of us. It's not about gender. It's about human beings. Uh, yeah. So as a therapist, I always guide people to feel better because we all make mistakes. Come on, we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Some in public and some private. <laughs> yeah. So right. it's not it's not a big deal. We don't have to to point uh, fingers to anyone. It's, it's, it's not fair because in the end, we all make mistakes. And yes, I feel so glad because you are much more secure than you were and, yeah. and much more happy. And, and I love it because you are a wonderful human being. And I'm waiting for that book because obviously uh, it will be in my private uh, library, in <laughs> my personal collection. <laughs> yeah, I've written about some difficult things. And, um, you know, that one thing Jorge would say to me, like, you know, if you're feeling shame and crying all the time, you can't help other people and other women need you. Yeah. Other women in the world need these poems and need these words. And if you can find that strength to show them and bring them, then you'll help people, you know, and I that sounds kind of cheesy but it's he's right and um i think part of our goal together has been to bring my feminist poetry to latino america porque yeah i want this book to be read in mexico and in costa rica and all spanish-speaking countries because she's their heroine you know she's their their um idol and so this feels like the the absolute right thing to be doing to have this book in Spanish and not just for white America. No, that was really, really important. You have another book out and did Jorge help you on, was it rape? Yes. While we were working on the Frida book, I was also finishing up this book called, Was It Rape? which came out in July. It's a book about my experience with sexual assault and the trauma that I coped with after that for most of my life, kind of the self-harm and addiction that went along with 
coping with surviving trauma. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember how I showed Jorge any of those poems. I, 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 do you remember, Jorge, how you knew I was doing that? Did I, did I, did I ask you to translate one? Or I, I can't remember how you got started with me on that project. Mm, yes, when, when we were talking about uh, Frida, we had this conversation about, about the way, about her sexuality. And then you told me about your experience. Like between us with, um, Jorge has worked with women in trauma his whole career as a therapist. And I knew that we've confided in each other about a lot of pain and trauma in our lives, but also women he's worked with. And um, I just know he would say to me so often, like, your words are so necessary, Elisa. And... That just means, you know, when someone says that to you, especially somebody who tries to help people in trauma and help people who have hurt themselves, it makes the pain of writing these things and the fear of publishing them soften, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now, Jorge, are you able to make these translations available to where um, folks can access them where you are? Is that how, this is new to me, so it's just an interesting yeah. process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can do that here in Costa Rica, but I also want them to be in all states in America because, uh, again, it's not about that I live here and that I can work with them in, in this country. I think most women should know about these books because it's very, very wonderful. It's an amazing piece of, of uh, feelings. Again, I, I want to say that the way Lisa writes in this book is so touching because she expresses her ideas very clear. And as I tell her, it's not fair that she needs, uh, that she feels guilty or whatever. She was a victim. And when, when you are a victim, uh, then you don't have to explain anything. Mm -hmm. Say like, we're sorry for you, but we have compassion for you. But we understand you, that you are a hero. But yes, that is, that is why I say she has to feel strong enough to help the other women around the world, around Latin America. And because she writes with her heart and she writes with her soul and so wise is the way she writes. That is why I say we need this book in Spanish. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in touch with many organizations in, in, in our country in order to have Elisa here with us and, and, and read parts of, uh, of the book and obviously sell this book in, in Costa Rica because mm -hmm. it's, it's very important. It's very yeah. important. People need to know that women like Elisa don't hide and I really admire that. But it's do you think her poetry, her poetry is so, so powerful 
that it can be a conduit for other women to find strength and renewal through these words, to find their story there. Yeah, I love art because of that. When you write poetry, you can help people to grow as, as human beings. And that, that is what she does with these books. And through your poetry, through your poems, people will find maybe the light they, they need. And this is the kind of interview that I really love because during this time we were here, uh, I am sure we grew up and that's the point. We have to grow like human beings. Jorge, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. It was really wonderful to talk to you. And I am excited that you stepped into this project with Ellie because um, I think it's very powerful and it's going to be quite beautiful as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And whenever you need to talk again, I'm, I'm here. Oh, thank, thank you. So you. Much. Thank you. You have a good rest of your day, Jorge. Thank you, um, Susan. Thank you again, Jorge. Thank you, Ellie. It was a delight <laughs> to talk with you again. Just a reminder, Self-Portrait is available now from cephalopress.com or from your favorite online retailer. You can learn more about Elizabeth at ehoran.com, and you can also find her on Instagram and Twitter at ehoranpoet. Crash Sonnet, 1925. The trolley or bus, Zona Rosa o Colegio, Alejandro Hijo, his hand on my knee, my eyes on his lips, my hand on his cheek, my future in his kiss. Choque, choque, ya no nos besamos. Instead, feel this bone poking out, feel this lesion or blood flowing out of my back or my abdomen. Imagine me like I was before Alejandro when I was whole, and you kissed me on the bus or trolley, your hand on my knee or shoulder. My future as your wife, erased in a second. Choque, choque, ya me mato. That's it for today. Thank you for joining me here at PoetKind Podcast. Until next time, find PoetKind on Instagram and Twitter at PoetKind Podcast. You can email me at PoetKindPodcast at gmail.com. And remember, give PoetKind some love by leaving a review on your favorite listening platform. This is the best way you can support us and help PoetKind get noticed. Take care, and let's continue to compare notes, not each other. Bring the gifts you alone have to the table and let's make this world a better place.